0: Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person.
1: And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate
0: high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, We have a very special guest today, and we're very excited about it, and this guest comes with something for you, which has never happened before. It's very exciting. Um, So our guest today um, is Colleen Conlon from Sweatshed, Um, and we're going to talk about this more later, but we are going to have our first ever listener meetup class at Sweatshed in Fideye. It's very exciting. Daphne is going to be teaching, and it is free for you. Free 90 free. Uh, we're going to meet up. I'll be there huffing and puffing. It will be great. <laughs> People of all fitness levels are totally welcome, all ages totally welcome. We're going to talk about why in the course of the episode. Um, but it is Monday, June 4th at 6 30 p.m. So, like I said, it is free for listeners, but you do have to sign up because we can't fit 1 million fabulous listeners in the same sweatshed. So, um, to sign up for the class on Monday, June 4th at 6.30 p.m., go to justonemorepodcast.com slash sweatshed. That's podcast.com slash sweatshed. Spaces are limited, so if you want to come, please sign up as soon as you hear this, and then we'll we'll know that you're coming and we'll be very excited.
1: This is really exciting. We haven't done a meetup
0: since our no. live show, and that was over the summer. Yeah. So it's time. It's time. It's time. Time. time for a meetup. Time for a meetup. Um. Well, let's get to the, to the meat of our episode, uh, which is our guest, Colleen
2: Conlon. Thank you so much for coming, Colleen. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, so Colleen, who are you and
2: what do you do? What's your deal? Um, so I am the studio manager for The Sweatshed. I teach classes. I train the trainers. I design the program. I interact with our marketing side, our operational side, and all of the the people who make The Sweatshed a possible thing to to have. Awesome. And Sweatshed
0: is um, part of the like Crunch Gym umbrella, right? Yes.
2: So The Sweatshed is owned by Crunch. We do operate separately, though. You do not need to be a Crunch member to take classes with us. Um, however, if you are a Crunch member, you do get a discount and some cool extra little things to go along with being an awesome member and getting to take sweatshed at a discounted price. Well, I'm not getting paid for this,
0: but I am a Crunch member, so I'm really excited (laughs) to get a bunch of extra, you know, bonus things. Um, But uh, the reason that we wanted to talk to you on the show is that, well, first of all, um, Daphne is working with you at Sweatshed, so full disclosure, Daphne's involved. So I am now a Sweatshed. Instructor, which
1: is one of the greatest honors of my life. So, (laughs) Colleen, thank you so much for the opportunity. You are so Um, welcome. Colleen and I, we actually met at a networking event, my networking event, Power Hour, a few months ago. And the whole point of the event was for women to meet and to build awesome relationships. So, six months, eight months, 12 months, three years down the line, people could go back and connect the dots and think about an awesome win in their life in terms of something professional, something um, maybe like a a friendship, and be able to connect it back to Power Hour. And it ended up happening to me. And here we are (laughs) months later. And so it's such a a joy training for you.
0: Thank you. And so what we wanted to talk about is um, both of you are in the position of Um, not just being teachers yourself, but also being designers of programs and teachers of other instructors. And um, when I was talking to Colleen about what she does at Sweatshed, one of the things that that she really emphasized was that it was important for um, it to be a place where everybody feels welcome and people of all fitness levels feel like they can get a great workout. So that's what we're going to be talking about with Colleen today is sort of what goes into fitness for people of all levels, both on the like gym program instructor side and also on the side of those of us normal people showing up with varying levels of physical fitness to class, how we can sort of be our own advocates and um, take care of ourselves and also make sure that we're in a place that's taking good care of us. Um, so to get started, can you give us uh, like a little bit of your Journey and pathway to getting to where you are. How did you become
2: who you this sweatshed master? Sure. So my mom was a group fitness instructor. So I used to travel with her when I wasn't in school or if I was, you know, staying home being sick from school, and yeah. I would go to the health club with her, and I would always be put in the daycare section and I would always sneak out and go to the back of her classes. Oh um so that's where it started. Uh, from there, I was always a competitive athlete. I was dancing and I ended up going to college for musical theater where I was extremely passionate about dance. Um, during college, I realized performing was magical and amazing, but it was no longer what I wanted to pursue. And I remember taking a soul cycle class. I took maybe five classes and I was like, Oh my gosh! This looks so easy. I bet I could do it. I went to an audition. I totally bombed. It was it was te- terrible. You know that moment when you you have to present something in front of someone and then you just totally go black. Yeah, I was just I was lights out, and there were like thirty people in the room, and it was so scary and so intimidating, and it was more it was. Scary than auditioning for for a musical, (laughs) Um, if you can if you can imagine that, Um, and I remember, I remember I got a letter back from them because they let you know if you're going to move forward or not, and I was really optimistic that I was going to move forward, and the letter said thank you but you're not going to be moving forward, and I got really upset. And I wrote to them. I was like, "Can you please give me some feedback?" And and they didn't. So I got really, I was really upset. My boyfriend at the time was a personal trainer for Equinox, and he was like, "Well, if they don't want you, I know, I know people that would love to have you, um, but you need to, you need to figure out what it is you're doing because nothing, nothing is just easy. You can't just take five classes of something and expect to be." isn't that annoying? (laughs) You have to like put work into things. Uh, So, so he was a really great asset at the time in connecting me to some of um, Equinox's rock star group fitness instructors at the time. And a few of them took me under their wing. And I, first I had to get some experience. Uh, My first position was teaching a, a cycling class at clay in Union Square, it's like this really small little gym. I don't know if you've have you guys ever heard of it. You have, yeah.
1: yeah
2: I remember okay. It. So I was teaching. I was teaching a cycling class for them, and one of my mentors from Equinox would tell me, "You need to record yourself teaching a class, and then you need to get a really big glass of wine, and you need to watch it." So I started doing that, and it was crazy because I would feel so good about teaching, I would feel like I was giving the performance of my lifetime and then I would watch this and I would be like WTF <laughs> <laughs> um, but from there I ended up auditioning for Equinox. The first time I auditioned I I was turned down from teaching but I was accepted into their training program that they had started at the time and um, through through two ladies Rachel Vazarali and Randy Eisenstadt um, I learned a lot they gave me a lot of feedback. I applied everything I possibly could. Um, anytime I could take a class with them or somebody they would recommend, I would. They would tell me to look for little things and then I would figure out ways to apply it to myself. Um, anytime there was an opportunity for me to, you know, take a new certification or just be, be, be involved in some other aspect of the fitness scene, I would always say yes. I would never say no. I would always keep my opportunities open. And from there, I really found my passion in teaching uh, high intensity interval training classes as well as cycling classes for Equinox. And um, then my my life started to change and I got engaged to that trainer from Equinox. <laughs> He's now my husband. Um, And I ended up leaving the city. I was getting extremely burnt out. I was teaching 20 to 25 classes a week, which it doesn't sound like a lot. To me, it does. Well, like 20, 25 hours of work. That doesn't sound like a lot, right? That sounds... To people who aren't teachers, I get it. (laughs) But in order to to do that many classes, I would have to be teaching a 6 a.m., potentially a 7 a.m. too. And then one, if not two, classes in the afternoon, followed by one, if not two, if not three classes at night, Um, and all over the city, because there's a gajillion Equinox locations. Um, But it was a great experience, but I I was feeling extremely burnt, and then I had left the city, and to do that commute was just not something I could do. So I started to focus on personal training, and... That fiance of mine, who is now my husband, um, has been an, an incredible mentor to me. He's one of the smartest trainers I've ever met, and he turned into my to my next mentor. Um, and then mixing personal training with group fitness just gave me this whole other this whole other perspective on what. A participant could be getting from a 50-minute workout that I just had yet to put together or really see anyone else do yet um, so from there I was still just teaching teaching some classes for um I ended up starting to work for, for lifetime athletics and personal training and I got I got a call from crunch that they had this new boutique and I was like, how, how did you find me? I was like, this, this is great. I would love this opportunity. At the time, I was also looking for something that would kind of bring me on that, the management side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because even as a personal trainer, your hours are just all over the place. And for, for those who can do that, I have so much respect. But it just wasn't something that I wanted to continue to do. I wanted to see it change. So this opportunity was just so fantastic. And... The woman who ended up connecting me to Crunch was actually one of my mentors, Aunt Randy Eisenstadt, who was given the opportunity, but she moved away. So, um, yeah, the opportunity, it, it found me. I didn't search for it, um, but I was praying for it. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> when you talk about, like, the certification and the training and stuff that you did
0: along the way, um, what does that look like with, for sort of the... It seems like you've done a lot of different stuff. Does that like are you trained as a personal trainer? Are you trained like what what goes into like tra- training and certification for the kinds of things you
2: do? Um, so my two my two big certifications I have one for for group fitness, so I'm a certified group fitness instructor through ACE or the American Council of Exercise. And then I'm also a certified personal trainer through PTA Global, the Personal Training Academy Global. Um, <laughs> And then under that, I have a series of separate certifications. I have a certification in applied functional science and three-dimensional analysis of performance systems, pre and postnatal, um, and then different certifications that go along with the modalities we use, such as TRX and Viper and and this, that, and the other. But um, it's not always necessarily about having a lot of certifications. It's about Learning how to apply what you learn to different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think why I've been most successful is my ability to to adapt to new environments and new tools. Because um, at the end of the day, all the movements—it's the same movement patterns. It's just new toys and looking at it from a different lens. Totally. Well, let's talk about the toys that you're playing with now. So
0: okay. can you um, describe Sweatshed for someone who has never been there before?
2: Sure. So this Sweatshed is this magical blue box. <laughs> <laughs> um, the lighting is really cool. It's it's all in dark blue. Occasionally we, we change the lights. So at... Did you experience the light change in the class? I don't know. That I was, was so, so focused focusing. on like not embarrassing myself that I. <laughs> <laughs> we should
0: say I Daphne and I, did I did took co- we took class together from Colleen this week, so we're going to talk about our experience. Yeah, it was but amazing. It was. Thanks, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's blue lighting, and at the location that Joanna and Daphne came to, we fit up to twenty people in that space. We have battle ropes. we have Concept 2 rowers, we have kettlebells we love our kettlebells at the sweatshed we have TRX, we have plyo boxes, we have medicine balls, we have dumbbells, we have resistance bands We it's, it's like big... basically everything
0: that normal people see at the gym and you're like someone knows how to use that <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just keep going on this treadmill <laughs> but it's all in the same little blue box mm-hmm. it's cool. Or it's a big blue box yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the size of it's a, a... a group fitness studio mm-hmm that you would normally see, but it has all these um, cool yeah. things. You also have um, really cool vibrating um, foam oh, rollers. Oh yeah, that's
1: yeah. a huge, huge, um, yeah, that's one of my most favorite aspects of the entire workout. I've, I've been a, like foam rolling has been a major part of my life for over a decade now. So when I took my very first sweatshed class and found out that at the beginning of every class we foam roll, but on the vibrating (laughs) foam rollers, I was like, oh my
2: God, it's calling my name. Yeah, we were really fortunate to connect with Hyperice. That's the company that has created the vibrating foam roller um, when we did. So we, we start, we have three signature formats. We have burn where we focus more on cardio. We have ripped where we focus more on strength. And then we have a format entitled shred where we focus more on endurance. And the beginning of burn and Ripped, we always start that class with the vibrating foam rollers. It's it's called a Viper Two um, that we use, and it's it's magical.
1: Yeah, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah, foam rollers are amazing. The studio, the studio is stunning. Like the studio is absolutely stunning. It's and a so gorgeous. Then, yeah. Um, it's a gorgeous facility. And Colleen and I, 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 I've told you this before, and I, I joke about this, but. Years and years and years ago, I had this vision of myself training in an awesome studio with blue uplights, <laughs> and it was dimly lit, and it had state-of-the-art equipment and timers on the walls, and then lo and behold, Sweatshed came into my life, or you came into my life, and then Sweatshed came into my life, and everything just felt so, so aligned. So for all of you listeners out there, I can't wait for you to see the studio! <laughs> um,
0: and so... From my experience, it's so it's all class-based, right? Like, yes. I, I show up, and I'm never by myself. I'm always with an instructor who like leads me through a, a program that is designed for that like 50-minute hour or however much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So then when you're talking about the formats that you do, are these all high-intensity interval training-based formats? Yes. Is that sort of the... Cool. Um, so that means that, at least in my experience, what we did in class was a combination of strength and cardio and all the stuff that Daphne always says that you should be doing in combination with each other. (laughs) Um, And I didn't have to think about it because you told us what to do. Yes. (laughs) Um, Who is it for? When you think about, like, who's going to be coming to Sweatshed, who's
2: on your mind? Everyone. Anyone who is looking to get a great workout, who's looking to be pushed... Or even if they're not looking to be pushed, but they want to be with a, a community of people looking to get a great sweat on. That's who it's for. Um, I feel like a lot of the the stuff I'm seeing in the fitness scene right now, it's very nichey. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's smart to an extent. I mean, it sells, s- sells tickets. It's, sure. <laughs> I mean, when you think of your target market everybody should have somebody kind of specific and I I kind of think the fact that we are open to so many people makes us specific just be just because of that Mm
0: -hmm. yeah totally I mean one of the things that I like about or one of the reasons that I have stayed a member at crunch is that their marketing is very much focused on the idea of not being judgmental being for people of all sizes ages races um, I go to the gym in Park Slope in Brooklyn, and it really is a pretty diverse clientele there. Like, I walk in and there's always someone like 30 years older than me in the locker room, and always someone 10 years younger. Um, people of all different um, you know, sizes and ethnicities, and um, we all are you know, just there to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you were telling me about sort of wanting to have that same ethos, in at the sweatshed I thought that was really interesting because in a lot of ways sweatshed looks like um, the more the trend of more like class-based boutique gym things that are happening right like especially in New York and I think spreading I mean I'm sure this is this way in LA too and then spreading towards the middle um, there are more and more things where you pay per class instead of paying for a membership to the gym um, and a lot of them like you said are pretty niche it feels like it's for a certain type of person, usually not my type of person, usually someone richer and thinner. Um, And I get... My rational brain understands why that is happening because people like to be part of a community and they like to be part of a community that feels special. And so part of the way that you create that artificially is by making it so that not everyone can come or so that not everyone feels comfortable being there. Sure. Um, But... I'll display my bias here. I think there's a lot of money to be made um, by not doing that, because guess what? When everyone's welcome, everyone can come, and everyone is a lot more people than only a small group of people. That was a garbage sentence, but you understand what I mean. (laughs) Um, So when, when we first met, it was clear that the reason you wanted to talk to me was because of how I described myself in our show, which is that we're for normal people wanting to be more awesome. And you were like, yes, like that connects with me. I want to talk to you about that. Um, And coming from a world of like gyms and personal training where a lot of times it feels like that's not the vibe, I'm curious, like why is that important to you to be like open to all kinds of people, all fitness levels and stuff like that? Why was that an important thing for you about building sweatsheds?
2: I think for me, I was actually just telling um – I was telling someone the other day I moved 16 times in my life which is a it's a, a lot, lot. Oh, yeah. um, so I never really had a sense of community anywhere that I went and um, I feel like college is a time where you really have a sense of community and as I told you I, I went to college for musical theater and I was I was the person who cared a lot more about myself than connecting with anyone else because I I was and I still am extremely competitive. So when I was given this opportunity, I wanted to figure out a way. I mean, I guess it's a little selfish. Like I want a community for for myself, um, a fitness community where anybody can come and anyone can be welcome, so long as they want the same things to feel to feel better, to feel more positive and energized about life and being excited to interact with other people because being by yourself when you're not a part of the community it's extremely lonely totally yeah
0: and and it seems I mean most of us think of ourselves as normal people like most of us we're all much more aware of our own insecurities um than we are of other people's and I think um that uh even, you know, when I describe myself as the normal person and Daphne as the expert, every once in a while I can feel Daphne sort of pushing back and be like, but also, also <laughs> I am a normal person. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the community of quote-unquote normal people is huge. I mean, it's basically everybody. Um, and so uh, to, to make a place where people can feel like Oh, I don't have to be already a fitness model to go to this class. Um, I think is a great way to start building community because your net is bigger, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and then
1: also the one of Crunch's mottos and hashtags is no judgments. Yes, that's our and our biggest and one. And as a result, that's the sweatshed. That's an ethos of the sweatshed, as well. Um, And I do think that it's really important as the boutique fitness industry evolves and as it changes uh, It's growing everyone knows it's growing there are boutique fitness classes that are sprouting up nationwide Um, There are there are ones that are international right now like Orange Theory is completely international You can go take an Orange Theory class uh, In the middle of America, and you can go take one in Chile, and you can take one in Asia It's definitely where the industry is going. People are finding that they can get really effective workouts in when sometimes they can just turn off their brain and let maybe a, a trainer or instructor teach them and lead them and motivate them. I do think with SweatShed, it's really fantastic how making everyone feel welcome and eliminating this, uh, this feeling of gym intimidation. Uh, you feel that right off the bat as a student and as an mm-hmm. instructor
0: well let's talk about how that happens because it's one thing to say like we want to be a place for everyone mm-hmm. and it's another thing to like figure out what that means in terms of how you design a space and how you design your teaching mm-hmm. so um, when you are um, <coughs> when you are the instructor for a class, what do you do to make sure that people who are taking your class are working at a level that's right for them um, and I ask this, having some ideas because I experienced it when we took your class and I thought you did a really good job. So, uh, if you can put words to, to how you do that,
2: what are some things you can make sure people are working at the right level for them? Sure. Well, anytime somebody comes into the sweatshed, we always ask them what their name is. We introduce ourselves and we screen for injuries. We always do this one-on-one when we're meeting someone for the first time. So they'll be honest with us. Um, yeah, that's the worst when you're in class
0: and everyone's there and the teacher's like, Anyone have any injuries? Yeah and you're I like talk about that the I guess like am I gonna raise my hand and tell everyone about like my shoulder injury from waiting tables
2: seven <sighs> yeah. years ago? Like
1: if
0: you're just in like, your class there's like fifty girls surrounding you and the instructor's like,
1: Anyone have any injuries? The last thing I'm gonna do is be you like, don't want like any uh,
2: attention.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I just never say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I said something to Colleen because she asked me one on one
2: at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did. I think something, something that I try to really instill in myself and in my team is to make sure we don't embarrass anyone. Um, Even as fitness professionals, I've been embarrassed in other fitness professionals classes. A lot of the time, I've experienced a lot of fitness professionals who purposely like to embarrass you if you're not going hard enough because they know you. They think they know what you can do. Yeah. Which like yeah. leads
1: into shaming territory. Totally. Like I'm just gonna say it. Like totally, <laughs> totally steers in that direction. Yeah, there are so many styles of teaching too, where, um, where oftentimes, uh, I've experienced some group fitness settings where I felt like the instructors didn't quite understand the psychology of motivation, <laughs> and as a result, would say very negative things to mm-hmm. try to motivate people to do something saying it coming using their um coming at it from this interesting angle in which they're saying things which the instructor might feel like are pushing the person but really it's almost like negative affirmations totally
0: yeah anytime an instructor says something that implies that like either i made a bad choice before now and so now i have to make up for it or that like um yeah, anything that was like, you might be a bad person, so exercise harder. I'm like, no
2: thanks. Not interested in that line of reasoning. We, what, what I try to do with my team is I try to get them to ask question cues. Mm-hmm. Um, or phrase things in a way where the participant always feels that they have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, can I'm can not you give an example? Reason. Sure. So I like to ask, I like to ask members to count their reps. I'll never ask someone to count their reps first thing. I want them to always, like, get the exercise into their body, make sure they know what their breathing style is supposed to be. But then for anybody who, you know, wants to potentially take things to to the next level, I'll ask them within 30 seconds how many reps can you do. And then I ask them to remember that number. And then by the time they do that exercise again, I, I tell them, you have a choice. You can either try to get the same amount of reps, or you can try and beat it. And then I'm coaching them. We're having fun. and The music's blasting. And then when we finish, I always ask, who got the same amount? Raise your hand. Who beat it? Who tried to do their absolute best? And then everyone raises their hands. And some people don't, and that's on them. But whoever raises their hands, those people who really tried, it doesn't matter if you got the same, if you got better. But the fact that you're trying to do better than you did before, like, that's... That's what we want want to give positive affirmation to. Mm -hmm. Um, But even other than screening for injuries, um, we always try to give modifications and progressions in a way that don't embarrass you. Um, For example, something that's extremely common from personal training as well as from group fitness is how many times has somebody showed you how to do a push-up? A lot? Yeah, Yeah, a lot lot of of times. times. Okay. So, a lot of the times, what I see people do when they demonstrate a push-up is from their feet. They're in a plank, and they're just, like, banging them out. And they're like, and if you need something easier, you can drop to your knees.
0: Right. Yeah. Almost do- always.
2: Oh, it, like, oh, it makes me feel like... <laughs> I just feel terrible. I'm like, yeah. if I need something easier...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, something we always do is we show the most regressed version first. We say, this is option one. If you want to do... Option number two, great, but we never try to layer it in a way that this is the easy version. This is the hard version. We just say, here are your options, and we list some from the most basic to the most complicated.
0: Totally, that's something I really noticed when we were taking class. Is so we sort of did some stuff all together at the beginning, and then um, we worked in stations so that we could sort of split up the equipment. So there were certain exercises you did at each station, and when Colleen was going through the progressions, it felt like she was showing what the progression was, not like you were saying, showing what the real version is and then what you should do if you have to fake it. Um, And that's really useful, not just because it takes away the shame of not being able to do the thing, but also because it teaches me how to fish instead of giving me a fish. Like if I'm paying for a fitness class, I wanna be learning something about fitness, not just getting a good workout. And by seeing, Um, you know, Colleen say, okay, here is version one. Here's the next step up. Or, you know, here's the next more complicated version. Here's the most complicated version. I can see, oh, like today I can, you know, I know that step one is right for me. I know what I'm working towards because I've seen the second um, tier. And because it's high intensity interval training, I can even switch between those things based on how many intervals of it we've done um so you know I'm like taking it a little bit easy the first time because I'm nervous and I'm figuring it out but in my head I can think about like "Hmm, next time could I maybe do like the next version up Mm -hmm. so the next time I'll try the next version up and I'm like oh no that was too hard I'm gonna go back to the first one um and so now even if I'm like working out on my own now I have in my head oh like this is a progression of things that I can do Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah it's like extra bang for your buck, I thought, in, in, in addition to not being full of shaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and
1: well, and then talking about the community aspect of sweatshed, that's such a critical part of the workout. So we even go around in a circle at the beginning of every class. We have an icebreaker question, and we have everyone take a hot second to just introduce themselves and just say their name and to answer a fun question that we'll throw out. And then everyone gets to work within teams. And people get to know
0: their teams. But the teams aren't competitive. And I think that's also really important, is that um, often when I, as a normal person, enter a new group fitness class, I'm worried about two big things. Like One is, how do I look in my exercise clothes in these bright lights in front of all these mirrors? Mm -hmm. And two is, like how am I being judged by the other people in this class? Because even though there is no reason for this to be true, um, group fitness classes can often feel competitive among the people taking them. Like we've all been next to th- I, I. sent you a, a like comedy video of this. I'll post it in our show notes. How of, to like, be extra. How to be extra in your gym <laughs> class. It's the person who, when everyone else is just like doing push-ups, well, they're like yes, they're just like jumping off the ground and like it, you know doing like the most extra version of every exercise. This video went so viral. It's one <laughs> of the funniest things I've ever seen in um, my life.
1: At one point in time, I kind of want to pull it up and I would like to just record your reaction. (laughs) Just uh, do a reaction video. Yeah. But so,
0: because those are the two things that I'm so concerned about when I go into new class, um, the way that um, the, like, everything from the lighting to, like, how the teams rotate goes into me not actually having any time to worry about that because. Everyone's working and they're working on their own thing. So it's not like in, you know, a traditional aerobics class where we're all staring at each other in the mirror. Or a dance class. Or a dance class even. Um, Like we're all like working in our little groups and rotating around and doing our thing and the lighting is nice and blue. So I don't have to worry about how (laughs) red my face is. It just
1: gets you out of your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it just um, gets you to a point where you don't even need to think about any of those thoughts or any of those either limiting beliefs or those insecurities. The way the studio is set up, the way Colleen has designed the program, uh, the way you've coached us instructors in terms of the process of checking in with students and finding out about uh, anything we need to know to the icebreakers, to the teams, uh, to the encouragements we give, it eliminates, it, it makes all those things you said, as a normal person, we may feel totally intimidated going into a brand new group fitness class. Uh-huh. It's like we just eliminated it. It's like, oh, sorry, you can't even think about that, Joanna, because <laughs> but I want to. because it's my so, insecurity. Yeah, I know because <laughs> it's so dark in here. You can't even you can't even use that as an excuse because it's there is no aggressive fluorescent lighting, and you're not in a. You know, in an environment that may have made you feel, like, uncomfortable in the in the past. And I'll also
0: say, it's not so dark that I couldn't see anything oh, or felt yes, unsafe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's more that, like, the light is blue. And so uh, it's just, like, a different, like, I could still see everything I was doing. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't, like, We're dropping kettlebells on anyone's We, we can all
1: see everything. <laughs> it, it's not that dark. Like, we can all see everything very clearly. It's uh, The lighting is very flattering, though. It is. Yeah.
2: I think, you know, the fact that we do start the class in the circle, saying names, doing an icebreaker, um, and the fact that we rotate in a circuit, I mean, it's it's great. There's really not a whole lot of time for you to worry about anyone else except for yourself. Um, but one of the reasons why coming to the sweatshed is such a great workout for anyone regardless of their level um, is because it is high-intensity interval training. So it doesn't matter if you have you know, a total newbie or professional athlete, their goal, nonetheless, is to lose their breath. So that new person, they might not need to go as fast as the professional athlete to lose their breath. But that just means that professional athlete, they're going to have to work extra fast in order to get to that same goal of of breathlessness. Um, so that's one of the really big things that we stress, and it's it's always interesting when I, I bring in new trainers, and they're like, how many times do I have to describe what it is to lose their breath? And I'm like, you're, you're going to find all, all the ways, and we're going to share all the cues, and we're all going to use it, and we're going to make sure everyone's on the same page because, you know, I've had plenty of people come and take class with me, and they look, you know, these girls in these teeny tiny sports bras and teeny tiny pants, and they have these six pack abs and they they're not even h- huffing and puffing. And I have somebody right next to them who, you know, looks a little bit more like the average person and they're huffing and puffing and sweating like crazy and like that's the person who's benefiting from this class. The person right. who goes can I say balls to the walls on this? Sure why not yeah. <laughs> if you're going balls to the walls, you're gonna get you're gonna get the all the benefits, but if you're if you're not if you're not losing your breath if you're not making the most, the most of that that work effort, why are you there?
1: And that's why this class is so perfect for people of all fitness levels because everyone is working to a hundred percent of their max. Exactly. Effort. Everyone their has max effort. exactly, and everyone has a different maximum effort. Mm-hmm. Everyone has. Everyone, as long as they put their hearts and their souls into the workout, (laughs) um, everyone is going to get an, an an intense and an effective. Workout like a a life changing workout, a, tr- a transformational workout. Oh my gosh, well. Daphne! I know you're I so like, extra. I know. Oh my gosh, I am. I am transformational that workouts. In, I am that person in that video with so Daphne. Just,
0: um, well, but, um, you, yeah. were, you were talking about um, like training your instructors to do this, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really interested in that because you're not just um, instructing at the sweatshed, but you're also instructing in, and hiring and instructing mm-hmm. the instructors. So when you are looking for instructors and when you're training instructors to be welcoming and attentive to people of all levels, um, what do you think about in sort of that part of your role? I mean, one thing that seems obvious to me is like your people are heavily trained. Like you put in a lot of work in training your instructors.
2: Yes, some more than others. You know, it it really varies because everybody comes from a different walk of life. Mm -hmm. You know, we have some people who have years of experience in the fitness field, and then we have some who are very new. I'm not going to tell you who, you can try and guess, <laughs> but I bet you'd be very surprised. Um, something that I always look for is, are you friendly? If I see you as a friendly person, I can, I can almost trust that you're going to be friendly around other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing that I look for is confidence. Because how many times do you find somebody being mean or rude or make you feel uncomfortable because they're just, they're self-conscious? So when I find people who are confident in themselves, I can be confident that they're not going to be, you're going to probably have to bleep this, but a a total to
0: someone. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to take out their own issues on people coming in to take class. Yeah.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like you also do a lot of specific work talking about like what cues to use like we have
2: a whole manual (laughs) we have a whole Mm. manual called how to cue effectively Mm. um so when I hire a shed master that's what we we refer to the team as shed masters when I hire them um they go through our our Bible of sorts for the sweatshed and it's I think at this point it's like a 60 page document and um, almost like a third of, of that Bible is how to cue effectively.
0: And, and for people who um, are not uh, as familiar with fitness classes, cueing is like how you sort of suggest things to, to people in the class, how you tell them what to do, um,
2: yeah, like so give them their cues. Basically. So like the main things that we, we cue to are form, what I should be feeling, how do I go about feeling those muscles, um, we coach to breath, when I take my inhale, when I take my exhale, what it means to lose your breath, um, and then we, we always cue and coach to motivation. What do you need to say to unite a team, spark a team? Um, there's individual things that you can do one-on-one, there's things that you can get them to do together, but it's, it's this whole mishmash of different ways to, to ignite a community that I'm trying to really instill in, in my team.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, are there assumptions you encourage your instructors not to make about people who are taking class, specifically people who come in maybe looking like not so athletic like me sometimes?
2: <laughs> um.
0: Oh, Joanna.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would never. Oh, I. It, that that is, I mean, with all group fitness scenarios, um, you know, it is, I, I feel like a, a good group fitness instructor, well, first of all, never judges, and also never assumes, too.
2: You know what they say when you assume. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's
2: um, right. No. But having anybody come into a class, regardless of, regardless of what they look like, you have no idea how hard they're willing to work. Yeah. Um, when it comes to high-intensity interval training, it's so much more about your mental strength and grit than your physical ability necessarily. Um, the only time I really think about, you know, showing a very basic version of an exercise mm-hmm. is typically if um, when I see someone for the first time and they tell me they have X, Y, and Z injuries, I'm like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to show this. But if nobody tells me that I, they're going to have all these injuries, I'm not going to show them all these options because I only have so much time. But, like, in the class you took, I think a couple people mentioned that they had some, like, shoulder injuries. Yeah, including me. Yeah. So, during, like, our pull-up section, we had, I think we had, like, five options. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, depending on who's in the room, if if I don't have anyone who's new or no one who's complaining about a shoulder injury and, like, I've been seeing them for a good chunk of time, I might not show them all of those options. I might just show them the ones that we've been working on together. But because I knew that was going to happen, I made sure you had plenty of options. Mm -hmm. And
0: because it was introduced not as like, here's what we're going to do. And Joanna, you can do this one. Instead, it was like, the first option is, you know, you hang from the bar and your feet are still on the box and you're just getting the feel for that thing. The second one is, you know, you're hanging from it. The third one is you're like doing a pull up. I was like, oh, like there are other people who also can't. Uh, just hang from the bar and have to put their toes up because she wouldn't do that just for me and honestly it doesn't matter if you would have done it just for me the, because it was introduced not as like special for you, the broken person um, and instead as part of the larger progression um, not only did it make me feel more comfortable doing what was appropriate for my body but I think it also freed some other people in the class up uh, to do what was right for them instead of maybe pushing for something that their body wasn't ready to do and potentially hurting
2: themselves. Sure. And even when you have people who are in a class that can do all of the advanced version of the moves, mm-hmm. that might not be their day to give a hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm a fitness professional and I would never put anything into our program that I couldn't do myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I take all of my trainers' classes and if they told you the the exercise selection I pick when I'm taking their classes hour after hour, um, you wouldn't think I was a fitness professional. Like, I do I do my kettlebell swings without a kettlebell. I just do body weight or I do mountain climbers from, like, a, against the wall driving my, my knees up. Um, because you <laughs> have to make it through the day. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my point is, you know, just because you're coming to a hit class doesn't mean it's your day to give your 100%. Um, maybe it's your day to come, but it's your recovery day. So your 80% on your best day is your 100% on your recovery day, if mm-hmm. that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Everyone yeah. has the
1: ability to listen to their body on that day. Because the human body is an ebbing and flowing machine. And there are some days something might feel maybe a little weaker some days where your shoulder maybe wants to try a couple pull-ups, but maybe there is, maybe it's a day that your shoulder just wants to hang from the bar. And that's okay. Yes.
2: That's okay. That's okay. I think what's wild is everyone sees social media. Oh my God. And I, I'm guilty of it. I follow like all these crazy fitness professionals, and I feel like everyone's just trying to up the ante and do...
0: Crazier crazier stuff. Crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. Um... But it's okay to just listen to your body, and it's okay to be where you're at. You do not need to be that crazy person on mm-hmm. Instagram. If you are, fantastic, but you don't have to be. It's okay. Well,
1: well, I, think Matt, there, well mm-hmm. I have um, something that I, it, it's that's really important to me. I always, even when I am either coaching someone, if it's just, say, I don't know, like a nutrition counseling session, or if it's... A personal training session or if it's or if I'm if I'm teaching a group of people there is this wonderful balance where you can still be body aware for the sake of safety for the sake of injuries for just knowing where your muscles are at there's a wonderful happy medium where you can still be body aware or you can still just get the heck out of your head sometimes I think Uh, many humans in this day and age can just be so wrapped up mentally in so many aspects of the workout and people are overthinking overthinking many things. There's a way to be present and there's a way to get out of your head while still being aware of your body and your muscles and how you're feeling all all at the same time. And I think the beauty of the sweatshed is that it allows for that happy medium to be there. Where people can make adjustments based on how their body is feeling in that present moment on that day, but because of the fabulous instructors and because of the um, the welcoming environment and the community feel and, like, the kick-butt music gets them out of their head. So they're just not thinking about mm-hmm. so many analytical things, like their work day or, or how they're looking or, yeah, so...
2: The, the music's also an interesting... Um, aspect of the sweatshed, in my opinion, um, we try to make the class feel like an experience. There's, there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And I'm curious to kind of, before I even say anything, like, did you feel like the music played any type of a role to your overall experience? I think
0: so. I mean, it was interesting because I'm often pretty like, pun intended, attuned to music stuff um, because Enjoying I love working out to music and uh, you know I have a dance background and You're all also those very things. good at puns thank you <laughs> um, shout out to my dad uh, but um, I felt like in this case I wasn't thinking as much about like I guess I wasn't paying as much attention to the music because it felt sort of like folded into everything that was happening I could tell it was there but it wasn't the main thing that was happening um, and uh, that was kind of nice. It's good to be focused on something other than uh, just the music, because usually that's what hap- is happening when I'm bored. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I felt like um, you know the vibe, the beginning, middle, and end thing. I totally felt when we were there. Like I, I sort of it was clear to me where we were in the class, even though I wasn't like looking at my watch. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. What was your experience? Yeah, I mean, you know the, the inside, the I, I I do. I do. I know the ins and the
2: outs. How was your experience, though, that that day with that playlist? Did you feel there was a
1: story? Absolutely. Yeah, I. the music enhances the quality of the class. And what you said, Joanna, about it feeling like the music supported the class. Like, I love that term. Mm-hmm. Like, it supported the class. It neither distracted nor um, overpowered the class, it supported the class. There was a beginning, a middle, an end, and throughout the ebbs and flows of the class, whether it's when, Colleen, when you were telling us or demonstrating the movements throughout the room, like the music was different then compared to the very last grand finale challenge we do. But I do think it's really great that as a student, Joanna, that you
2: just felt that. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of thought goes into it. it, It's really, it's interesting. So anytime somebody begins their, their Shed Master journey, we read through, we read through our our Bible and their first assignment is, okay, figure out your playlist. Um, You need X amount of music for when people are walking in, you need X amount for when we foam roll, you need X amount for the dynamic stretch, you need um all this music for the circuit. Um, they have BPMs that they have to Whoa, follow. That's
0: needs for
2: minute. They have there's like instrumental sections. There's there's a lot that goes into it. And um everyone seems to get like kind of nervous about it when they put their playlists together. Um and in the end like what matters most is the coaching and the queuing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there is a lot of, there's a lot that goes into our Mm playlist, And that, I mean,
0: that's one of the great things about being the attendee instead of the instructor is like, I don't have to think about all that stuff. It sort of just organically becomes part of my experience. Um, but that's because someone else has put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, but I want to pivot to effort that I need to be doing as an attendee taking class. Um, so... It's all well and good to have um, the instructors and the location and stuff be focused on being, um, you know, for people of all levels. But um, one of the things that the way you describe how the class works really um, emphasized to me is the amount of responsibility that we have as individuals for being aware of our own bodies and deciding what is right for us. So when I, a normal person, walk into a new class, either at Sweatshed or just in general, what should I be doing to make sure that I'm being responsible for myself, both in terms of staying safe and in terms of making sure that I'm like
2: getting the most out of my workout? Um, you always want to tell the instructor or the trainer, regardless of the situation you're in, what injuries you have. Um, let them know how your, your day's been going. Um, Have you eaten? Do you feel fully prepared for this? Have you done this kind of a workout before, regardless of what it is you're doing? Um, The more information you can give to the instructor, the more they can take care of you. But if you come in and you're like, oh, I got this in the bag. I'm going to be fine. And I ask you if you have any injuries. And you say, not unless you give them to me. (laughs) That that's hap- yeah. has that happened to you? Yeah. I'm like, if you listen to me, you're not gonna get injured. But if you don't listen to me, yeah. you, there's a good chance you will with that attitude. And, when and people, you came in real hot. Yeah. So. And when people <laughs> say that, I'm always like, no, no,
1: we do all this because this is injury prevention. This is yeah. strengthening your muscles and your heart and your lungs and your soul. So
2: for you to for you to stay safe, always let the instructor know everything that's going on, even if you don't necessarily think that it it matters. A lot more of it matters than you think. Mm. Um, And then listen to what they're telling you you should feel. For example, um, I'm going to use myself as an example. When I was 17, I was in and out of the hospital for a series of abdominal surgeries. So, you would never know this, but I don't feel my abdominals at all. So... I can demonstrate a whole bunch of exercises saying, you're gonna feel this right in your abdominals. I don't, I don't feel any of it. Um, Sometimes I end up feeling my low back and that's why I know I need to change something because you should never feel your low back. If I can't stress anything enough to you, you should never feel your low back when you're exercising. Um, But it's really important to listen to the instructor to know these are the muscles I should be feeling. I see so many people do kettlebell swings Kettlebell swing is one of the best exercises you could do. If you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, learn how to do a proper kettlebell swing. If they look good, their back is flat, their chest is wide open, they're hinging at their hips, it looks like they're feeling their hamstrings, I can list all the body parts they should feel. But if you're like, oh, I feel that in my low back, then I'm like, okay, we're not doing something totally right. Or maybe the weight is just too heavy and and that's okay let's just take it down a notch the more you can be in tune with your instructor the safer you're gonna be however it's extremely hard to find instructors who will say stuff like that to you yeah um, and if you go
0: up to your instructor and you're like here's the stuff that's going on with me and they like give you a weird look or don't seem receptive that's a cue to you that that's not the instructor. <laughs> For you and it's your responsibility not to take that class because, um, you know, you have to be a smart um, caretaker of your own body, and that means, um, you know, not showing up to a place that's not going to give you the support that you need. Um, it also means not going crazy to like try to show off in class when you know that it doesn't feel good. Um, so it's your job to, no one else can feel what you feel. Absolutely. Um, and so it's, the instructor can do everything that they can on their end, but they can't feel what you feel. So you need to be a steward of your own muscles and um, you know, stomach, what you've eaten, all of those things. Um, and uh, make sure you're in a place where the instructor is looking out for you, and then make sure that you're not um, delegating your responsibility for looking out for yourself.
2: Yeah. And I think it's really hard to necessarily find the right instructor for you at this point in time within where we happen to live in New York City. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many. There's so many. And there's so many of these boutiques that attract a very specific type of person. Someone who maybe looks the part but doesn't have the experience. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean... Just because you have a washboard stomach doesn't mean you, you have the science to keep people safe um, throughout a workout. Um, so when you do find somebody who is knowledgeable, hold on to them for dear life. <laughs> um, and ask them like who, who else they would recommend. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I have a whole list of trainers I would recommend at this point, but even before I had my team... Um, there's plenty of gyms where I've met, ha- where I have made connections with other fitness professionals that I would recommend someone going to. Um, cause at the end of the day, we're just, we're one big group here in Manhattan. We got to take care of each other. So I'm happy, I'm happy to share the love. I know you would totally share the love with other instructors Absolutely. as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, most definitely. There is so much power in, well, power in the fitness community, I have been very blessed in the sense that, and this is probably, like, what I've just been attracting into my life, meeting incredible instructors and incredible personal trainers who have really open personalities and who are very, very uh, extremely intelligent and knowledgeable and bright, and, and, like, there are so many of us out there, which is really... I feel like when people are looking for either a personal trainer or a group fitness instructor who is a good match for them, uh, when you get the sense that the instructor is doing their work because their ultimate end goal is to help other people and inspire other people and not get Instagram
2: famous yeah exactly
1: <laughs> totally
2: not to <laughs> like, like not to down it those happens. people yes. yeah. that
1: exactly which is totally totally fine I posted a really great cherry smoothie recipe this morning I so saw it, it was, I liked it that. You know. <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> so it's um uh when you do meet these fitness professionals getting the sense that they that there's an there's an energy about them where you do feel like they have your best interests at heart. I think that's really important. I think that just comes from trusting your intuition. Yeah, mm-hmm. trusting your intuition. intuition.
2: And it. and even listening to the things that they tell you to do in class. Like, are they, you know, saying to you, like, go! Go harder! <laughs> are they, like, barking at you? Or are they saying something like... By pulling your shoulders back and depressing your shoulders down away from your earlobes, are you able to feel tension behind your armpit? If so, that's your lat. It's engaging. So as you're doing your kettlebell swing, by keeping that tension throughout your lats, you're not going to feel your low back. If you start to feel your low back, you let me know. Like, just based on the way they they talk at you. Saying that, like, instead of, like, is that all you've got? (laughs) It's really easy to tell if somebody knows what they're talking about or if they're they just happen to need someone during that time slot. Come Come on, on." you can do better than that. (laughs) It's like, yes, I can find a better instructor. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, speaking of finding you, um, uh, if listeners want to come take class at the sweatshed, like we said, um, we're going to be having a listener meetup on Monday, June 4th at 6.30. Daphne's going to be teaching. Unfortunately, this doesn't work for you if you don't live in Manhattan, but if you do... Go to justonemorepodcast.com slash sweatshed to get a spot. We're excited to meet you. Um, if people want to find Sweatshed um, and you on the internet in for whatever other reason, to take class another
2: time or just to find out more about you, where can they find you? They can primarily find me on Instagram. My handle is at Colleen Conlon Fit. Um, they can also find me through the Sweatsheds Instagram, which is at sweatshedsstudio awesome and the website sweatshed.com um, you can also go to crunch.com get all that
0: good jimmy goodness um and i'll put links to all of this in our show notes um and uh and on our social needs as well um colleen thanks so much for coming on the show yeah, thanks yeah. for having Thank me you so much thanks for listening to just one more with joanna and daphne our show is hosted by daphne yang and me joanna shawflam we're produced and edited by me our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing and to become a patron of our show on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.